Hello and welcome to a new series of Terrace Memoirs. Um, and um, just before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a um, huge um, thanks to everybody for remaining patient with me. It's been a few months since I recorded an episode. Um, just had to sort out a few bits and bobs. I've received some really kind messages and emails from people um, asking where I've gone, if I'm coming back, how I am, etc. Um, some people have noted that I mentioned that I had some mental health issues back in sort of October, November time. Pleased to report that they are, um, or the mind, the head is in a good place again. Um, and the uh, the messages that I received were very, very warmly received. So um, rest assured that after a few hiccups, as mentioned, um, I'm back on track. And um, yes, there's a new series. Um, a few changes going forward. You, men you mentioned series a couple of times now. Um, I'll be running episodes in short bursts with a little break in between every sort of half dozen or so episodes. Um, I do lead a busy life as a single father um, and a full-time job, et cetera, et cetera, following my football club as well. Um, and uh, it was essentially a lot of overexertion uh, was much of my issue. Um, I'm trying to reach a good com good compromise and not disappointing um, my small band of uh, loyal listeners um, anymore while also looking after number one, uh, of course, that's me. Um, Anyway, new episode, new series. Um, we're going north of the border today um, for the first time. Um, Scotland and uh, the Scottish League, um, it's somewhere which receives much ridicule from people south of the border, but in all honesty, I really like it. Um, it deserves, re deserves respect. You've only got to look at the list of players that have played um, in both Scotland and, um, and England over the decades. Um, and Scotland is an absolute hotbed um, of of talent um, and passion, um, and it's admittedly dominated by two clubs, and uh, probably no surprise to say that um, we're talking to a fan of one of those clubs today, um, a massive fan of the uh, the blue half of Glasgow. Um, I say massive fan. I mean to be honest, if you know anything about Rangers and Celtic, they all are. They're all massive fans. Um, there are no half measures with their support. Um, their passion for their club is immense. Um, just before we get started, um, a quick word on the obvious elephant in the room. Uh, anybody who knows anything about Scottish football will know the history between Rangers and Celtic. And all I want to say, um, this is the first time that I've dealt um, and spoken to a Rangers fan on the podcast. Um, it's a podcast for fans of all clubs. Um, my guest today loves his club as much as the next person. Um, and I'll simply say I hope fans of all clubs give his views and experiences the respect they deserve without resorting to um, insults, abuse um, or similar. We all understand the passions um, um, outside of football that go on between Rangers and Celtic. Um, and I won't be tolerating any um, any negative discourse, shall we say. Um, so, But uh, without further ado, today's guest, Bobby McDonald, uh, Glasgow lad, started following Rangers uh, in the 1960s as a young lad. Yeah. Um, and he's naturally welcome to the show are you well yeah thanks very much dave i'm i'm well thanks good Doing okay good stuff good stuff that's really good to hear um so um rangers now at the moment um currently sit six points behind celtic in the table trying to defend three points sorry is it three points my apologies yeah, yes it is three points sorry i'm thinking of the premier league um yes three points behind celtic um trying to defend their um the unbeaten title last year. It was an immense season last year. Um, obviously, Simon Gerrard's gone to Villa. Gio van Bronckhorst, ex-player, of course, has come in. Um, 
And what's your take on how things have gone under under Gio so far? Well, I'm happy with him. Um, I think he's done great. Uh, I think any manager coming in behind what had Gerard had done was in for a hiding to nothing. How you could keep that up, you know. Gio's a different manager, he's got different ways of managing, you know. There's been changes, there's a lot of new players coming in, they've dropped some points, which is not good. But um, I think Gio deserves a chance. He's only been in six months, you know. I think he deserves a chance, and I think he'll come good, personally. Mm -hmm. uh, does some, um, because obviously with, with Rangers, um, there's not just that absolute need to finish in first in um, Scottish Premier League. It's still called that now, isn't it? SPL. Yeah. SPL, yeah. Um, but there's also um, a really, really strong desire to do well in Europe. Mm. Um, and of course, I mean, the most recent European result that you had, I mean, that result in Dortmund was phenomenal. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, absolutely thoroughly outplayed them. Mm. That just goes to show, I think, to an extent, the, the strength of Scottish football, um, that teams can go to an established European club um, and actually you know, wipe the floor with them. Um, Europe is um, is a big thing in, in at Rangers, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. 1972 European Cup Winners' Cup, was it? Yeah. Um, and True. the semi-final of the Champions League in 93, um, lost yeah. out to Marseille. It was a group stage semi-final then, wasn't it? Yeah, that's you know, Two groups. Um, Manchester. 2008. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, Zenit St. Petersburg. Did you travel to that? I did, yeah. Yeah, along with the rest of Scotland, or the rest of yeah. the Rangers uh, following of Scotland. I had a couple of friends that went up as well, um, and easily six figures, wasn't it? Definitely, Rangers fans. Yeah. Um, much upset at the end of that? Yeah, there was a lot of anger as well towards the SFA for making us play League games, mm -hmm. you know, there was a bit of a pile-up when we asked for more time. So um, our build-up was play six games in the last two weeks, whereas Zenit had two weeks off to prepare. So mm -hmm. we were pretty angry about that, you know, but they gave it their all. They never disgraced us. No, no. Yeah. And they gave you many, many a, uh, a memory on that journey as well. I mean, it was Nacho Novo's penalty in Florence. I was at that uh, game. You were there, were yeah, you? Uh, yeah. I see, that's something we can talk about. Um, did you play, was it sporting that you also played along the way? Yep. Um, there's a, I mean, and to, these are these are high-caliber clubs that we're talking about oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, they were great games. Um, so Fiorentina, they had Christian Vieri, didn't they? And they yeah. brought him on. Yep. Um, yeah, they, and to get, you know, to, to get to a European final and have it, well... 180, 200 miles south, um, and just a, an easy train ride away, really, in, mm, yeah. um, of Glasgow. Um, I can imagine, far be it for me to say anything about Europe, because I'm a Reading fan, and we're not likely to get there anytime soon. Um, but I can just imagine that it would have been a, um, an immense day, um, regardless of the result in many ways. Um, but you, like you say, they didn't disgrace themselves on the day. No. Um, it was Dick Advocat said it as well, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. With Andre Arshavin pulling the strings for them. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good team that ultimately that, that went on to oh, win. Oh, they were a good team, yeah. Right. So anyway, um, take us to the beginning. 
Um, obviously, you're in Reading now, um, and we're, we're here at your flat. You've got a lovely view over the over the river. Um, but back in the sixties, um, a very different life, very different place. Um, working class Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, what was that like to grow up um, in Glasgow at that time? Um, and how did you end up? To, how did it? What, how was it that you ended up at the uh, the blue half? Is, is that the kind of the half of Glasgow that you're from, from sort of Govan Way or uh, Thornley Bank, which is um, very blue. Mm -hmm. um, it's I never knew any Celtic supporters. I never seen any. Thornley Bank was predominantly Protestant, which is basically Rangers. That's where mm -hmm. it is. Yep. Um, they had their flute bands, accordion bands. You know, it was very, very Rangers orientated. Mm -hmm. um, the school I went to, everyone supported Rangers, you know. Um, it was just the way it was. You know, my dad was a Rangers fan and as soon as I was able to understand football, he had me at Ibrox, mm -hmm. which was not that far from Thornley Bank to Ibrox. Mm -hmm. And I just, once I walked into that stadium and I, Felt the atmosphere and I saw the fans and saw the the team coming out of the park and the roar. You know, that was me, you know, I just hooked. I'm thinking of um, the Blue Blue Sea of Ibrox in my head as you're speaking. Um, that's obviously a song that you know well. Yeah, um, it wasn't then though. Was it not? No, not back then though. No, but uh, but that's what I'm you know, so just, just thinking about it as you're talking. I can imagine, and Ibrox back then was a very, very different place to what it is now. Um, if you look at some of the old the old footage, it was um, I want to say very Hamden Park like um, with the um, sort of the old style um, sort of sweep around mm. stands behind the goal, not the straight stands that you've got now, not the rectangular yeah. shape to it. It was an oval shaped stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all terraces. Mm -hmm. So where whereabouts did you do you remember your first game? Do you remember where where you were taken? Which part of the ground you were in? Um, what what do you recall of of it back then? Uh, well, the youngsters got taken to the wall at the bottom, mm -hmm. so I was always got onto the wall where I could sort of sit up and look over it and my dad would be standing behind me, mm -hmm. I remember that. It was like small games at first I was at, I think it was St Mirren or something like that, you know, we won. Mm -hmm. um, my first really big game was an old firm game which I'll never forget. And that was against uh, it was a Scottish Cup final. It was my first, my first cup final, first time at Hamden. Mm -hmm. That was, and it was um, there was a bit of controversy because uh, Jock Wallace at the time, who was the manager, um, was playing Derek Johnson as centre forward because Colin Steen was injured at the mm -hmm. time, and um, he was only sixteen, so there was a bit of stick. People were saying he's too young. Um, but he, he scored the winning goal mm -hmm. and it was a cracking header and it was um, that was great because we went on our European run not long after that and um, Wallace was in a bit under pressure because Celtic had about five either nine in a row that they got back then mm -hmm. so things weren't going well he was under pressure I think if Johnson had had a bad game and we'd lost he Wallace mate, I got sacked, mm -hmm. and who knows what would have happened then, you know. So uh, 
But yeah, that was there was actually one hundred and six thousand at that mm -hmm. game. I was going to say that was. I mean, again, Hamden is a very different place now. All seats are fifty thousand um, capacity, yeah. just slightly more. Um, but back then, um, with the all, all the terracing, um, I mean, it wasn't wasn't unknown for Hamden to have one hundred twenty thousand there. Oh no! Was, was Ibrox a similar size, um, or maybe slightly smaller? Um, well, I remember when we played Bayern Munich. In the semi-final of the Cup Winners Cup, I, I was at that game, mm -hmm. and there was eighty-five thousand at that. I, I couldn't quite get a hundred thousand in, but um, there was quite a few times I remember it being over eighty thousand the yeah. crowd. But I've got good memories of that game against Bayern Munich. And this is this is the thing. I mean, Glasgow is is, is a very working-class town or city. Yeah. Um, and you'd have two football clubs there that could easily command. 80 to 100,000 every single game yeah. um, at home. Um, and there aren't many cities in the country that can boast that. I mean, London obviously is a city of eight and a half, nine million people. Liverpool, you could probably say the same. Manchester, mm. you might be able to argue <clears throat> Newcastle and Sunderland. Um, but, you know, Glasgow, this is, this is just it with, with the working class aspect of it. Um, it's it, it's proper football. Um, yeah. Saturday three o'clock, everybody comes out the dockyards or whatever industry that they're in in Glasgow. Predominantly dockyards back then, presumably yeah. they hadn't all quite closed down, um, and they head off to Celtic Park if you're green or Ibrox mm -hmm. if you're blue, and yeah. that's the thing with Scotland is it's very, very split down the middle, isn't it? Yeah, and they're very passionate about their football. What do you what um you 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 mentioned your first um, cup final your first old firm mm -hmm. um, that gets really really built up in in the press before every single game and you'll play yeah. them all you know four times a season minimum mm -hmm. um, and very often you'll play them in a cup final or or somewhere along along the um, along along the way. And the intensity doesn't diminish at all, does it? No. Um, and how does that... It, it's, it's widely regarded as the biggest derby, if not in British football, um, and certainly one of the biggest in world football. Um, is that overhyping it at all? I don't think so, because I've known players that's came to Ibrooks and experienced their first Old Firm game. Um, players that have been in big games and they've said, there's nothing like this. That they'd never experienced anything like it. So I remember during the, um, I think it was the late 90s, with a good run, and with quite a few England players at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and they had been in big games. And I can always remember Terry Butcher was one, he was like, wow. He said, I've been in some big games, but I've never experienced anything like this. Mm -hmm. Graham Roberts was another one, you know, with some good players, Gaza. Paul Gascoigne, yeah, Mark Hightley. Mark Haley, yeah, and I'll never forget Brian Loudrop was one of the best ever that I've watched. Mm -hmm. He was amazing. The yeah, day that that team. I mean, it all started in the uh, in the eighties when he had that English influx, wasn't it? Because of what yeah. happened at Heysel, um, and yeah. with the European ban, a lot of players went up to Scotland because Scottish clubs obviously didn't qualify for for that ban. They were they were still allowed in, into That's Europe. Right, yeah, um, and there were a lot of players that that went north. Um, Taking it back to the to the seventies though, I mean that's seventy two. Were, were you there at the, the uh, Cup Winners Cup final? 
in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't. And I made sure I was at the next European final. Which mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd have to wait as long, though, to 2008. Yes, you know? yeah, of course. Um, I was only 11 at the time. Um, I was at the semi-final when we played Bayern Munich, mm -hmm. but there was no way we could get to the final yeah. in Barcelona. But the celebrations after the game were amazing where I lived. It was mm -hmm. just, everyone was out in the street, you know. The streets were just, there was no cars on the road. They were just, everything, everyone was out, you know, just dancing around, you know, singing. You know, it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. And I wasn't long able to understand football. You know, I had just knew got, you know, what it was about. And then for Rangers to do that, it was like amazing. Yeah. So this is 1970s, obviously. Um, 72, yeah. yeah. So a little bit before, before I mean, I'm, I was born in 82, so um, right. a little bit before my, my understanding and, yeah. and knowledge is, is a little bit sketchy. That's fine. Um, but, I mean, clearly to win a European trophy is that, that team's got to be, got to have something about it. Um, and I think if I remember rightly, in the 70s, um, Rangers started to really get it together and actually get the better of Celtic after their because the, that was when they got their nine in a row, wasn't it? In the seventies, so that that team back then, um, I'm just trying to think of some of the players. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be able to help us out with that one. In the seventies, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we had we had Colin Steen was firing up front with a midfielder called Alex McDonald. Um, he had nicknames Doddy Tiger. He was like brilliant, and you know we had. John Gregg in defence, mm -hmm. um, Sandy Jardin, he was a he's a legend, you know, and there's a stand named after him. Mm -hmm. um, and back then the players tended to hang about for a long time. You know, some some of the players they had their whole career at Ibrooks. Mm -hmm. You know, back then there wasn't so much coming and going, you know. Um, there was a goalie, Peter McCloy, he was a big tall guy, you know, he was there for years, probably over a decade in mm -hmm. a row, you know, but um, yeah, we had some, uh, the, the team came together, a guy called Dave Smith played a blinder in the, the final in Barcelona, he was absolutely fantastic, mm -hmm. he really turned it on that day, you know, it was great, Willie Johnson was another wink, Wizard on the left wing. Mm -hmm. These are all international players as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They all play for Scotland. Yeah, they or... played for Scotland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another um, player that, that I know of, um, this is when it started becoming a little bit more, and certainly in the 80s. I'm not sure if he played in the 70s off the top of my head. Um, it's David Cooper, um, oh, yeah. who um, I'd urge anybody, if they, haven't, if they haven't heard of David Cooper, just... I'm sure there's a highlight reel on YouTube. Just just search it and, and have a look at what he did because um, he's a man who is um, idolised around Ibrox, isn't he? Um, yep. I think it's virtually every everybody's um, favourite player around that time. Yeah. Fair to say. Oh yeah, and I watched him playing for Clyde Bank against Rangers, and they took Rangers to two replays back then. That happened. Mm -hmm. And it was because of him. And people were like, who the hell is that guy in the wing? He was fantastic. You know, and he was scoring goals against us. We had a much better team than Clyde Bank. Mm -hmm. But this guy in the wing. And then months later, we got him. We signed him. 
So I actually seen him playing against Rangers before I saw him play for Rangers, but he was fantastic. Because he'd win a game out of nothing, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Oh nothing. yeah, he just um, he was one of these guys that could just make it happen when you needed a bit of magic. He could produce it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic player. Sadly passed away now, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, he it's tragic. Yeah, yeah. In the early nineties, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, um, certainly have a have a have a look at his highlights reel. But that's moving into the eighties, um, and that's when we start getting the all-conquering Rangers team. I suppose mm. starting. You know, we're, we're looking at Graham Souness in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, we're looking at um, it's when sort of Mark Hately, um comes onto the scene, Ali McCoist, yeah. um, Super Ali. Um, they two were great together. Mm -hmm. um, and they start getting it together, they get their, Rangers got their, their nine in a row, didn't they? Yeah, um, that's There were right. a couple of, uh, um, in the 80s, a, a few uh, Celtic and uh, Dundee United, I think also won a title around that time, didn't they? Yeah. I think they were the last team to actually win a title, not, the, not from the old firm. That's right. Um, Aberdeen got one too under Alex Ferguson. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, in the early eighties, because yeah. they also got to a European final as well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Dundee but, United. They had a manager at the time called Jim McLean. He was really good. He produced magic for Dundee United. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of love lost between Rangers and Dundee United, though, is there? Cur no. Certainly, currently at the moment, um, is that no. a historic thing, or is that just a more recent thing after what happened in two thousand and twelve? Um, no, it wasn't really too bad before then. There's more bad blood between Rangers and Aberdeen. Yeah. There's a lot of bad blood with them. Mm -hmm. Since um, Neil Simpson broke Ian Durant's um, ankle, there mm -hmm. was a, almost a career-ending break. It was a really bad tackle. And um, that was sort of never forgiven. Yeah. So there's huge... They don't go on, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rangers and Aberdeen just don't go on at no, all. No. So I was chuffed that we, we got the three points on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, late winner as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 Pretty Livingston couldn't do anything against Celtic, but Celtic do look very strong at the moment. They're constantly winning games and winning them fairly comfortably, which is slightly irritating um, if you're on the blue side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that that the start of that um, nine in a row. So Graham Souness, um, he became player manager after a couple of seasons in that, didn't he? Who was the manager before that? Um, I think Walter Smith had had one of his first. Walter Smith was there three times. Mm -hmm. I think he had just finished his first stint, and then he went to Everton. I think at that time when Souness came in, I'm pretty sure it was. But we had one or two managers that it didn't work out. John Gregg had a go as manager and it didn't work out. I'm pretty sure it was um, Walters after his first stint at Ibrooks that Graham came in and changed a lot of things by signing a Catholic too, which was, you know, that was 1989, which that really changed things. And Mo Johnson, mm -hmm. of all people, you know. Yes. So, yeah, and there's that, that infamous... That stirred things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the infamous press conference with him, with Celtic, before he'd signed the contract. Mm, that's um, right, yeah. And then Rangers signed him. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and that, again, that's, an, that's another another fantastic player. Again, highlights reel, look at Mo Johnston. 
because uh, yeah. he also played for was it Everton as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, who else did he play for? Was he certainly played for Celtic and he played for Rangers. He played for both, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. Um, he, he was the first, not not the first one to cross the divide, but I think he was the first one to come from Celtic to Rangers. Mm-hmm. There was a fella called Alfie Conn that we had that went to Celtic. That was before that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's worth pointing out that transfers between Rangers and Celtic are like hen's teeth, aren't they? Oh, they yeah. do not happen. Yeah. It's very rare that they cross the divide. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, of course, was um, oh, uh, Miller. Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller, yeah. yeah. He crossed it twice, mm-hmm. which is really unusual. Yeah. Yeah, because he uh, was it his first season back, having played for Rangers, then played for Celtic. Yeah. Was the four two at, at Parkhead, That's and he right. scored twice. Yeah, um, and gave it the bidding. And that that, <laughs> that got him accepted because before that game, a lot of people didn't want him back. Mm-hmm. So he was getting a lot of stick, and that stopped it. Yeah. If you score against Celtic, you're a hero. Yeah. So um, yeah. and he had a habit, a happy habit of doing that, didn't he? Yeah, um, it was good management too. Walter Smith seemed to get the best out of him. Because mm-hmm. Kenny Miller was, uh, and I've seen him play um, against Reading, and he's just, I mean, his his work rate, and he had quality as well, but his work rate yeah. was just infectious, wasn't it? He yeah. was just absolutely everywhere. He was like a dog with a bone. That's right, yeah, he worked hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're talking late 80s, early 90s, and this is when this is almost the Annie McCoist era, really, isn't it? Where he's yeah. just banging in goals every single week. Oh yeah. Um, you've got um, David Cooper on one side. Um, uh, Ted McMinn, he must have oh, been yeah. around around that point yeah, in time. He was brilliant. Um, again, I see, see, I never saw him play. I went to his benefit match though at Derby mm-hmm. um, in two thousand and six. That was somewhere else. Um, Set out crowd at Derby and 33,000, um, and about 15, 16,000 of those were Rangers fans, <laughs> which was just <laughs> you know unreal. It was like <laughs> I'd been to one pre season friendly, I've been to a few Rangers games. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to one pre season friendly before that, that was at Fulham. Um, and Rangers packed out. This was literally the first season after um, Fulham had. Uh, Put the what they were almost temporary stands behind each goal, uh-huh. um, but they'd um, they Fulham were back at Craven Cottage, um, and Rangers fans had both ends of the both ends of the pitch, the Stevenage Road stand and the, the Putney end, um, and the um, and the Hammersmith end, and there was about a 13,000 crowd there, and again about ten thousand of those were Rangers fans because yeah. they packed out three stands. Mm-hmm. Um, Darrow Perso overhead kick. One nil. Oh yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, tangent. <laughs> um, early nineties. Um, again, I'm trying to think of, of of players. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, because trophies abound. Let's face it. Fifty five titles. Um, God knows how many league cups. I'm sure somebody would be able to to point us to the number. God knows how many FA cups. Um, it's a lot. Yes. Exactly. They, they claim to be the world's most successful professional football club. Well, according to Google, they are. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad claim to fame. Yeah. Um, how many... At what point was... Because you moved away at some point, I understand. Um, moved away from Glasgow, went to Australia. But at what point did you yeah. sort, of, sort of stop going? 
Um, yeah, it was around that time when I went to Australia, so we're talking about um, late 90s. Uh, yeah, about 96, 97. So you saw most of the nine in the road then, if you were, if you were still going? I did, yeah. 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 So you'll have seen Paul Gascoigne play. You'll oh, seen, yeah. You've already mentioned Brian Lowry. Fantastic. Um, Frank and Ronald DeBoer. Yeah. Um, yep. Who else are we? Uh, Andre Kanchelskis. I saw him, yeah. Tori Andre Flo, or was that a bit too late? He came a wee bit later. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was around 1990 mm -hmm. that he came in. But, um, yes, Terry Butcher was, was uh, he was always playing. Richard Goff. Yeah, he was brilliant as well. Um, he was usually the captain mm -hmm. as well. There was a, there was a, Gail, uh, sorry, Dale Gordon was playing. For, oh, for the ex Norwich guy, of course. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was um, in the team a lot, mm -hmm. and we had a wee winger at the time. Uh, so it was Peter Hoostra that we yeah, were talking about. That's the one. Um, yes, yeah. and that, yeah, the, the Dutchman. Um, of course, Dutch players, there have been plenty of those over the years, haven't oh, they? Yeah, uh, yeah Rangers. definitely. Especially with Advocat bringing them in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you'd say another, uh, another great manager. Um, but Peter Hoostra um, was there for... Um, Two or three years? Yeah. Left a, obviously left a, a bit of a bit of a mark on you. Oh yeah, I loved watching him, he was great. So you're one of the was it what you call a sort of a classic winger in, in that we that we see and uh, that we think of in, in Britain as a um a player who sort of gets hold of the ball, runs at his full back, whips in the cross. Was he kind of like that or was yeah. he a very different type of player? No, he was like that. He did a lot of that, runs down the wing and crossed it over. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, that's it. Given given, given the upbringing, the Dutch upbringing is very different in, in footballing terms um, to British. So yeah, no, he did a lot of that. He was brilliant on the wing. Of course, because you, you also had um, you know, sort of Dutch players. That's Chia you know, van Bronckhorst, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm trying to think now off the top of my head. Uh, we've said the Boer. Um, yes, the Boer brothers, both Ronald and Frank, played for Rangers, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's been some strike. Oh, the uh, Michael Moles. Yeah, that's another right. one. Um, um, yeah, a little bit later in the two thousands. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there's loads that we've missed out on. Um, yeah, there's not many come and go. But this late, this, the names. this late nineties period was one where you had some proper household names at oh, the club. Yeah, we've already mentioned Paul Gascoigne. I mean, Gascoigne obviously won. Was it the ninety six title with the hat trick against Aberdeen? That's right. Um, yeah. uh, the and, De the DeBoer brothers, and we had a goalie that that um, broke records, and it. Might still stand Chris Woods, mm -hmm. who, who was the England goalie. In the 1980s, well. yes, of course, another one to, to go north yeah, of the border. I can remember he, he kept so many clean sheets, you know, he went so many hundred minutes without conceding a goal that mm -hmm. it became a, a record, you know, which I think it still stands today, mm -hmm. to be honest. And that, again, that comes as no surprise, just given the strength of Rangers in that late 80s, early 90s. Oh, it was in and, they, and Celtic Amazing. were in a little bit of trouble as well financially, weren't they? They, they, yeah. um, they, they. I mean, they essentially. Um, Nineteen ninety-four. They was when they were they, they were uh, bought out, wasn't it? Um, didn't make life any easier, um, really, for Rangers because Celtic still had 
it's a very strong team. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, under I think back then it would have been under Tommy Burns, would it not? Yeah, um, yeah. the late Tommy Burns. Um, but Rangers just had their number almost every single season. Yeah, Tommy Burns didn't actually do that good, you know. When I when I came to Reading, he was the Reading manager. Mm -hmm. I remember that also well. Thought, oh, Reading in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we and they were. Well, yes, we, 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 yeah. Tommy Burns, just again tangent time. He um, was a great player. Yes, but he didn't make a great manager. Yeah, no, um, he did all right. Kilmarnock, um, didn't he? He got them promoted, and yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, um, but was never able to tr to transpose that to either Celtic or at Reading. But at Reading, he was given a lot of money by Sir John Madeski. Yeah. But he spent it on multiple players rather than he would quite happily go and sign three players for one hundred and fifty thousand pound each rather than one player mm -hmm. for half a million. Um, and you know, it's no surprise the first season at the Madeski we used forty eight players, um, and that's his only full season in charge. Crazy. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. You could see what he was trying to do, but we had such a soft underbelly, it was difficult to watch. And, and in the end, we started the next season extremely poorly. And um, he um, he was given the heap hope by, by Sir John. And then came Alan Pardew, and the rest, of the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, yeah, as I say, Celtic had their financial problems back then, which made it life a little bit easier for Rangers. But, um, yeah. you know, you still got to go out and win it on the pitch. Oh, yeah. And support doesn't matter what era you're in. Supporters of Rangers will not accept anything but top dog, will it? Yeah, they want success. Puts a lot of pressure on managers. It's a, it's a really really tough gig, it's a, it's and it's some some gig. some managers do do crumble un, un, under it, don't they? Yeah. And they found that in the last ten years or so, um, ultimately. I'm thinking, unfortunately, I'm thinking of Graham Murty, who did a. A sterling job first time round as uh, as um, caretaker, but the second time round after a heavy defeat to uh, to Celtic, Wrighton was on the hall for him, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember um, John Gregg. He was a legend for Rangers. He was an absolute flop as a manager. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the worst ever to manage Rangers. You know, it's it's amazing how it happens, but. Um, at the moment, I've got friends in Holland, and one of them is a Feyenoord fan, and mm -hmm. he uh, spoke to me about Gio, you know, what he did there, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm convinced that he'll do good, he'll come good if he gets a chance. Because he, he I, I also know a Feyenoord fan, I've been across to the Kuyp three or four times, All right. um, I've got a very good friend of mine who's actually a Feyenoord fan, um, and he... Feyenoord hadn't won a league title since I think it was 1998. Um, they've only won one since then, and it was him as their manager. Yeah, Gio got um, And funnily enough, um, there's a little parallel here. It was uh, Dirk Kalpatrick uh, against Heracles on the final day of the season that, that clinched the title for them. So just thinking of the whole Paul Gascoigne thing there. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so um, he'll always be remembered in Rotterdam. Um, for that, yeah. hopefully you can do the same at, same at Rangers. Um, 
I hope so, but what worries me is if Celtic win the league, which there's a good chance of, I'm just hoping they don't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fans are already turning on him. Mm-hmm. So, we're talking about games that you've been to. Are there any um, specific memories and stories that you've got? Because, um, you know, you must have been to um, hundreds, if not thousands, of games over that period of time. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a few stories to tell, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few. Um, I've, got, I've got good memories of being in Eindhoven. That was quite a special game for us. Um, it was a nil-nil draw at Ibrox. This would be 82, this was mm-hmm. the year you were born. Mm-hmm. 40 years ago this year? Yep, so while you were being born, I was over in Eindhoven to watch the second leg. I think it was around the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And um, after a tough nil-nil draw at Ibrox, we beat them 3-2 you know, in Eindhoven and Rangers turned on a fantastic display and the display that they turned on against Dortmund recently reminded me of Eindhoven mm-hmm. there were similarities there, you know, but well, again, PSV um, being one of the three strongest clubs in the Netherlands they were good um, then they too were, uh, yeah, they won the European Cup in the 80s, oh, didn't yeah, they? they were, they were a strong team mm-hmm. no one gave us a chance, you know but Rangers were brilliant that night. It was an amazing game. So, And I've got lots of nice memories of before the game too. You know, in Eindhoven. You know, it was always fun. Mm-hmm. And the Dutch are great. They're always really friendly and welcoming. You know, it was, it was a lot of nice times with the travels. But I think Florence was... That was huge when I was over there. I made a week it. I went over. I flew into Pisa on the Monday. And I got in quite cheap accommodation near the, actually quite near the Leaning Tower. Mm-hmm. They called it Torre Pendente, is the Italian. That was the name of the hostel I was in. Mm-hmm. And then um, by Tuesday, it was just full of Rangers supporters, you know. And um, on Wednesday, we made the, the journey on the train from Pisa to Florence. And... Um, <clears throat> spent most of the day in Florence, you know, just enjoying the sights and stuff. And then the game, you know, again, no one gave us a chance. It was nil-nil at Ibrooks. They were a much better team. You know, they had really good players. And uh, we managed to hold them to a nil-nil. And then went into extra time. And then one of our players, they called him Heat the Ball. Mm. That's fun because he was always doing crazy things and getting sent off. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kuzani. Daniel Kuzani, yeah. Yeah, he gets himself sent off. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah. No, I've had it. But we hung out, you know, to penalties. Mm-hmm. We were taking the first penalty. Captain Barry Ferguson, first penalty for Rangers, you know, bring it on, he missed it. Oh, no. You know, that, that... Straight on the back foot. Yeah, we, we, we missed the first penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, here we go. And the, the other thing is, our number one keeper was injured at the time, McGregor. Mm-hmm. He was younger then, so we this Alexander and, and steady him. Neil Alexander. Neil Alexander, yeah. and he pulled off some brilliant saves. I've actually, um, I brought a Vieri shirt back from that. I, uh, I swapped it mm-hmm. with a um, Fiorentina fan mm-hmm. 
on the train from uh, Lawrence back to Pisa. So, you know, it's actually had Vieri mm -hmm. on, on the back here. So it's in, it'll be in a drawer somewhere, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, there was great memories of that. And, of course, he hit the ball over the bar, you mm -hmm. know, which was great. So Vieri helped us that night. It was his penalty miss. Still all bit in the moon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. But I remember um, the banter on the train, you know, because the guy had Vieri on his back, yeah, you yeah. know. And I was, oh, I love that shirt. Yeah, it's Vieri, you know. And the guy just says, okay, let's swap. So, right, okay then, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was good. It was, um, it was good banter, you know. There was no trouble. It was, yeah. It was all right, and they they treated us well. They fed us and everything on the way to the stadium. There was lines of tables with food, all different kinds of food. So these are the kind of stories that you'd never get in the press, um, particularly when you go to Italy. You hear of um, uh, fans going to Napoli. Um, you get fear of fans going to um, Rome um, for either Lazio or Roma, um, and being ambushed by. By ultras and oh, whatnot. Yeah, that does happen. It does yeah. happen, um, but you know stories like this are really what what makes football because you know ultimately yeah. you're going to have had great times in Europe. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. Great times, even in Germany too. Sometimes after the game, if we got a good result, the Germans could be a bit aggressive. You know, mm -hmm. when we came out of the stadium, but. There was always a lot of good banter before the game, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, there was always a lot of our boys in blue kilts, you know, the blue tartan mm -hmm. and stuff. And there was always dancing and that. Can, I can actually remember there was these buskers. One of them had a wee accordion and I think one of them had a, a guitar and a, and a drum. I'm not really sure, but they weren't, they weren't making any money. And a few of our boys took the instruments from them and said hold on and they started playing the rangers tunes you know <laughs> and then everyone got started dancing around and it it brought in a huge crowd you know and then they put their hat round mm -hmm. and filled it right up for the, the guys were over the moon yeah and gave the years go you know notes and everything you know the the buskers were like oh thank you they couldn't thank us enough mm -hmm. you know they was like wow rangers supporters wow you know, the things like that, I've seen that. I've experienced good things. And, I, and I've seen a lot of, um, before the final in Manchester, I've seen a lot of nice exchanges between Zenit fans and Rangers fans, getting photographs taken and stuff, you mm -hmm. know. That, that, that was good, but they were hugely outnumbered in Manchester. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like spot the Zenit fan, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. I mean, you see, the streets were just absolutely chock full, weren't they? No yeah. accommodation anywhere. All the windows and the off license had no beer left. You know, we all sold it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I didn't drink at the time, but it's like, well, where are they going to get a, a drink? You know, it was, it was sold out. Mm -hmm. it was mad. They, they drank the place dry. Is that, a, is that a very different experience to football in the 70s or uh, 70s and 80s? Because um, I, mean, I started watching Reading in 1989 and again it was very, very different on the terraces at Elm Park. Obviously a very different experience to uh -huh. a, a packed 
Ibrox every week. Um, but I'm, I've got sort of um, visions in my head of it being just totally different. Um, you just rock up at half past one on a Saturday, go through the turnstiles, pay you, I don't know how much it was, 50p or however much it was back then to, to yeah. get in, or if that was old money. Um, and you know, say you go right at the front as a kid, um, it was almost, it's almost, there's less control about it, you know, it's much more, again, a much more organic experience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When I was, when I was in my early teens, I used to actually, I had a way of getting into Ibrox for nothing, which was, um, we, the, one of the stands, it's the centenary stand, there's a, an old railway track, and you used to climb down the wall, mm -hmm. cross the track, and up an embankment. So this is the stand that's opposite the main stand? Yeah. The classic old yeah. brick. Yeah. Centenary yeah. stand. Because we were skint, we never had much money. And we'd climb up the wall with like lots of battens going up the wall. We'd put an old carpet over the top of the wall because there was glass. Mm -hmm. And then we had to hide underneath the stand until the fans all started coming in and then we would just sort of crawl out, go right around. So uh, I did that a few times when I was young. But yeah, it was um, it was different. Everyone poured in, you know, and the, the stairs just filled up. You would see, you know how the stairways between the steps, which would be longer, mm -hmm. concrete thing, it just became... They were non-existent once the crowd was all in. Yeah, you know, it was you couldn't see the stairs because it was completely packed. Mm -hmm. So the, the, you hear the stories of what it's like on the, or what it was like on the cop at Liverpool, and there's just no room to move. And yeah, it was. If like you that. need, if you needed to go to the loo, you just yeah, did it there. just done it. By half time, the steps were soaking. Mm. They changed colour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the Copeland Road stand was the one I was in, and that was called at the Rangers end that had the cover mm -hmm. and the other end didn't have a cover and then um, so that that was the one the Celtic supporters got mm -hmm. so we always used to want it to rain <laughs> <laughs> wonder why <laughs> and, and in Glasgow we were often obliged uh, yeah I can imagine yeah <laughs> yes yeah, that western side that was how it was back then yeah we never had a Cover in that end. Mm -hmm. As they're very, very different Ibrox now. In fact, even you know, sort of nowadays, um, very, very few away fans are allowed at the um, uh, old firm, are they? Um, is, no, that, is that a club decision or is that an authority's decision? That, well, at the moment, there's none now. Um, well, I think, yeah, it's a club decision, but when one does it, the other one follows. Yeah. So I'm not sure who done it first this time. I think it, it might have been Rangers mm -hmm. because of the demand for tickets, you know, and wanting to um, reward the loyal fans that stuck with them all through, going right in through the bottom mm -hmm. divisions. You know, it's there's not many teams in the Scottish League Division 2 will get 50,000 out of ground, you yeah. know, but... Um, it didn't. It doesn't matter what division Rangers are playing in and what they're winning. They'll still get a full Ibrooks, You know, it's that that must have been an incredibly difficult time after what happened uh, in two thousand and twelve. 
was it the big tax case? Yeah, it just um, made us want to support them all the more, to mm -hmm. be honest. And we had to, um, we set up our own money raising funds too. The, the fit the fans own fighting funds, and we we had black and red scarves that we wore to support that. So we we raised a lot of money. Our supporters club here in Reading actually raised a lot of money for that. Mm. Is that the Loyal Royal? Berkshire Sports Club, yeah, yeah, Berkshire Rangers Berkshire. Supporters Association. Yeah, yeah, we're now in the walkabout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it used to be the Red Lion, didn't you? That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I went there a couple of times. Yeah, um, with a couple of my mates. I uh, were in the walkabout now. Mm -hmm. They've been good days. Uh, yes, I can imagine. Because um, uh, and it's a good, it's a you know, reasonably sizable um, uh, association as well, isn't it? I mean, you regularly get. 30 to 40 people, well certainly back then you did anyway, I don't know what it's like now. Yeah, well, we still get the same, you know, Covid changed a lot, and I, I couldn't go for a while, we, I was in um, isolation, mm -hmm. you know, um, shielding because of my asthma, I had to be careful, so that changed it, but on old firm days, talking about 100, easy, because um, the, the supporters for Newbury, I think it is, they come over and mm -hmm. join us. Or it might be Swindon, actually. Swindon, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they come over and join us to make it a good atmosphere. Yeah. They've got a smaller... I remember um, back in 2008, um, yes, 2008, final day of the season, uh, Rangers were at Dundee United, and they were in the, the Orange House in Reading. Oh, that's right. Um, that was the first place, yeah. Yeah, um, and I was I, say, I went and saw that. Um, and watched Rangers win the league, and then watched, um, I think it was Hull City stay up, Newcastle go down. Um, Newcastle lost at Villa. Um, yeah, that was a that was a heavy day. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was there mainly because because uh, two, so two of my mates are, are Rangers fans, part of the Loyal Royal, um, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'll probably know. There was a, a three 0 win for Rangers, I think. Um Yeah. Oh god, what's his name? Uh big tall old Irish lad. Um Paul. No. Um, um used to play for Burnley, Norwich. Um played in Italy for Oh Norwich. yeah, Lafferty. Kyle Lafferty, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, he scored yeah. twice that day. I think yeah. uh, Pedro Mendes also scored. A typical long ranger, I think. Oh he was good. Yeah, Mendes, yeah. I remember him. I saw him score a, a long ranger against Reading. It was one hell of a strike. But Lafferty got a lot of stick for some fans, you know, because he could, he was capable of having a stinker, you know. Mm, yeah. But it was he, the thing that I liked about him was he, he gave commitment. You know, he tried hundred percent. He was a trier. He played for the jersey, you know. Mm -hmm. But no, he had some good games too. I liked him. And Northern Ireland fans, I think, are the same because he scored a lot of goals on their um, on their route to the to Euro two thousand and sixteen. I think it was. Um, they um, they they clearly he's uh, um, he's well respected over there. Um, oh yeah, he will be. Because that was Walter Smith's football then as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Stephen Walt... Davis has been great for us too. Mm -hmm. You had you had Walter Smith back then as well for the third time, but you also had Alex, oh. Alex McLeish. That's right. Um, uh, you had, you had um, Paul Gwen was not a particularly good 
um, success at Rangers, was he? No, he was. Um, who did he come after? That was two thousand and four. That was, wasn't it? Was it? Wasn't Vicar Vicar? Was it? Um, it might have been actually. Hmm. No, we haven't done it. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, but you've had, you've, you've had a you've had a, again a string of managers who just seem to know how to, to win a trophy up there. Um, yeah, win a league. Being lucky, we've had some good ones. And uh, I say that that two thousands team as well. As you as you progress through it, I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. Daro Perso. We've mentioned Nacho Novo. We've mentioned um, Shotter Avaladza, um, yeah. who's now obviously managing at Hull. Loving Kranz. Peter Lovenkrantz with he that brilliant. that last minute header in the three two was it the League Cup final or the FA Cup final? Um, yeah, against yeah. Rangers. I, I think, think it was two thousand and three. I think it was the League Cup. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, he was brilliant too. Uh, I um, uh, that was a good team too. Lovenkrantz was great, and our our Baladze was amazing too. He got some really important goals mm-hmm. for us. And you, I remember a European qualifier that we were struggling, and he got he got the winner that got us into the Champions League, mm-hmm. which was huge. You know, we needed the money. It's uh, huge, and he was brilliant. Can't remember. I remember that team then too. I think we had Dutch players there. I think that's when Ronald De Boer was playing. Mm-hmm. He was banging them in, and it was. Um, the helicopter Sunday, they call helicopter it. Helicopter Sunday, yes. Is this Hibs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, he went on to play for Celtic after, didn't he? But Scott McDonald, I think he was. Uh, yeah, he got two goals. He did for Motherwell. Yeah, and then he went to Celtic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just just setting the scene. So I it was literally it. it was literally um, level pegging, wasn't it? Going into yeah. the final day of the season, and Rangers were at Hibs, Celtic yeah. were at Motherwell, and yeah. they had the trophy. On a helicopter, ready to be taken to where, wherever, uh, whichever team won. Basically, if Celtic won, yeah, they had the edge. They, they just had to win. They just had to win, and they were yeah. one nil up going. In, and Rangers were winning their game one nil against uh, Hibs, against Hibs. Nacho Novo scored. Yeah, um, so they were doing what they needed to do. Um, and then um, going into something like the eighty eighth minute, Celtic yeah. is still winning, but yeah. Scott McDonald equalizes. It was and an then, overhead kick as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then two minutes later, at injury time, yeah, he, got, he got, got, got the winner. Yeah, we um, were going crazy. And yeah, say it, the two, end, two ends of the pitch at Easter Road just went absolutely nuts when they could. They're all mad. Back in, before the days of, um, uh, sort of instant access to uh, on, your, on your smartphone, everybody had their transistor radios yeah, or they were getting their text true. messages or whatever. And the end just went absolutely nuts. It's like It was like Rangers scoring themselves in front of them. Um, yeah, they actually stopped playing at, at Easter Road. They just stopped playing, just started passing the ball about. Yeah, and didn't play because uh, the way it worked with Hibs, if they had lost two 0 they would have lost it in the European place. Mm-hmm. If if Hibs lost one 0 you know, or drew, they would have got their European place. So as it stood, Hibs were getting into the UEFA Cup. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to concede another goal, mm-hmm. and Rangers didn't no. need to score anyway. No, and Motherwell had done as the you know, 
So they just stopped playing. It was crazy. They were just passing the ball about for the last minute or two. Just, mm-hmm. It was amazing. Incredible. Were you there for that? No, I wasn't at that no, one. No. Cool. I was listening to it on the radio. I'd have loved to have been at that one. It, it, I mean, it, just listening to it on, it was so dramatic. Yeah, um, I was. I think I was watching it. Uh, I can't even mind if I was watching it in the pub. I think I was watching it in the supporters' pub. Mm-hmm. Might have been the Red Lion then. I'll be honest, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's one of those games. I mean, I, 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 as a football fan, you just love to have been there as a neutral. I, I, I was giving it up, to be honest. You know, I thought Celtic would win. Mm-hmm. So they were under Gordon Strachan at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They had been on a good run. You know, they weren't playing bad. Well, no, no, it wasn't. No, it was um, Martin O'Neill. Yeah, that's Martin O'Neill right. was he in was charge a, of him. Yeah, Strachan came three or four years later, and he was a good manager. You know, yeah, but that I makes remember it more surprising because you wouldn't have expected a Martin no. O'Neill to, to capitulate like that. Yeah, I was. Um, no, I was really doubting it. I was conceding that we were going to lose. I couldn't see Celtic not winning mm. that game. Um, but I knew that as it stayed at 1-0, I knew there's always a chance, you know. If it went 2-0 Celtic, that would have been it, you know. But um, they paid the price for not getting another goal. Yeah. Yeah, that certainly was amazing. Did. It certainly did. It was incredible. Because there was another helicopter Sunday, was it the next year or the year after, I think it might have been, 2007? Yeah, the goal average one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Was this the one, uh, yes, uh, when Rangers went to Kilmarnock? Yeah. Yeah, and we mentioned Kyle Lafferty scored in the first minute. Yeah. Rangers were 3-0 up after 10 minutes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah, that's right. Aye, we went 3 a up. Yeah, I'm thinking a different one. I'm thinking of another goal difference one that was before that. Before that, that. so that, that was that the one when there was uh, when um, there was six, six, six one. against Dunfermline, I think. Yeah, was, was we it? won 6-1 and Celtic only managed a 4-0 one. So yeah. I think we won it by two goals mm-hmm. in goal average. Yeah, I think that might have been late, late 90s, early 2000. I can't remember exactly when. There was a few close ones. We seem to get these ones, so. But I think it could go to the wire this year too. It's certainly looking that way. But we're miss, you know. Well, Celtic's got a far superior goal difference, so that's like an extra point, really, because mm-hmm. we're two results behind them. That's the thing that I'm a bit concerned about now. There's only eight games left. But mm-hmm. 24 points to play for, but, you know, anything can happen. You've still got to play them at Ibrox, though, haven't you? Yep, that's in the 3rd of April. Yeah. So that's, we need to win that. That's crucial. If we win that, it's game one for the league. You know, a draw is not no really much good. No, we need to no that benefits them. them. Yeah. Still three points. If we win that, it's game one. They'll just be goal difference. Mm-hmm. And then you just never know, but... It could be decided at Parkhead. It's possible the way it's working out. Mm-hmm. It's towards the back end of the season, that isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the split. It's taking place shortly. Two more games mm-hmm. or three. Then they have the split, which I'm not keen on that. Stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's designed yeah. to, to bring it down to a third, a, a twelve team um league to bring it down to thirty eight games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not keen on it. That's a bit silly rule, but mm-hmm. 
Anyway, that's what, the way it is, you know. But it was a good goal to have it in England too, wouldn't it? And certainly the the only um, nation that I know of that actually does that. Does that. <laughs> it is slightly bizarre. But it's a bit embarrassing. It, it does kind of work to an extent, um, but you don't get yeah. to play everything four times. That's um, true, yeah. So there we go. Anyway, let's um, move on then. Uh, let's move on to um, the last little feature this a little bit of fun really i call it the significant six um so six questions um essentially your favorites and your, your memories so um if we start off with um your favorite current rangers player of all time no current player oh current player yeah um i'd need to go for tavs tavernier yeah Scores a few goals from right back, didn't he? Yeah, he's been good lately too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why, why is that? Is it just just his, his all round engine um, and his ability? Yeah, his attitude. I think, I think he's got a good um, influence on other players too. You know, as captain, and he's been with us now since we were in the bottom division. You know, mm -hmm. he's been there with us right through that. So he's been at the club for a while. You know, so, and he was the one that really helped us. When we were down in the dumps, he was the first really good player we got in after they all had to go, you know. So, yeah, I think um, not just his ability. You know, he's had crucial goals as well, but I think his influence on other team members, you know, is good too. Mm -hmm. And what about the, the all-time favourite? It's hard. I've probably got to go for Brian Loudrop. Mm. I think that would be a popular choice. Yeah. I speak to, to to my mate, my best mate, and he um, he absolutely loves him as well. Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> he's he's a magician with the football, wasn't oh, he? he was I close. mean, he, he played for Barcelona. Let's face it, um, in their European Cup winning team. He was brilliant. You don't play for Barcelona and be a crap player for us. No. Quite often, when really good players. I've been there for a while. Other teams get to know how to, you know, beat them, you know, how to deal with them. But he had something different up his sleeve. We couldn't deal with him. There's just no one, no defender, no matter how good they were in Scotland, learned how to deal with Loudrop. Mm -hmm. He was just too good. He was amazing on the ball. Just, yeah, he was, he's probably the best I've ever watched. Mm -hmm. David Cooper's a close second, you know, but I think I've got to go for Loudrop. Mm -hmm. What about your um, favourite away ground? Favourite away ground? Yeah. Any ground other than Ibrox? Um, I would say PSV, their stadium. Phillips Stadium. Yeah, the Phillips in Holland. Do you know what I think? Looking at it now, there's a resemblance to Ibrox, isn't there? Yeah. To an extent, the two-tiered stands, you know, quite, uh, quite. Um, there is, yeah. Yeah, it was similar, different. Similar sort of size. When I was there, it was different. It was terraces, and I remember after the game, we were behind the goal, and all the PSV fans had to come round by us. You know, to get out, mm -hmm. and we weren't leaving. 
you know, we were just staying there and cheering, trying to get the Rangers players to come back out again, mm -hmm. you know, for another round of applause kind of thing. And they were all coming round and they were all shaking their hands and patting, well done. You know, Rangers were great. All the PSV fans were all congratulating us. I've never forgot that. The same I saw them all coming round, I thought, oh God, here we go. There's going to be a fight. <laughs> it was a, the opposite. Yeah. And they were all drinking ways after the game, you know. It was amazing. So I think partly that, the way the PSV fans were, that's probably made me a wee bit um, biased about their stadium mm -hmm. too. Yeah. What about your favourite um, favourite away day that you've been on? Mm. Gosh, let me think. There's been a few of them. Mm -hmm. It would probably be Eindhoven again. Again, yeah. Yeah, that was that was amazing that game. So remind us what what was the competition? Was it the? It was well, it was called the European Cup then. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the quarterfinals. I think we went on to the semis and then we lost to. It was, I'm sure it was a German team. But it was a big game, mm -hmm. you know. So and is this it? Sorry, what? Remind me what, what, what decade is this? This would have been I got days I got time off work to Not go Hamburg. Hamburg won the European Cup around that time, didn't they? They were um influenced yeah. by Kevin Keegan, weren't they? It might have been them that beat us in the semis, mm. you know. I tend to remember the ones that we won better than <laughs> the ones we lose. Funny that <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um yeah, that was just a, it was a great experience, you know. We went on a bus, you know, it took us about a day to get there, you know. But it was just the whole experience was amazing, you know, yeah. the all the banter on the supporters bus from well it was actually Livingston I was staying at the time then to, you know, Eindhoven. Mm -hmm. You know, the going across in the ferry and everything, you know, getting the duty free and just you know, it was just amazing all the dancing around and singing and all the banter, you know, great fun. That, that was a, a great day. So last two questions then. Um, uh -huh. And following on from that favourite away day, what's the favourite game that you've ever been to? Could be any game at Ibrox, neutral, away. That would have to be the Cup Winners Cup semi-final second leg against Bayern Munich. 1972. Yeah, it has to be that. What was the score? We won 2-0. We lost 1-0 in Germany in the first leg. Mm -hmm. And we, we won 2-0. Colin Steen got the winner. But that was just electric. Cause it was, I think it was 85,000 in Ibrox that day. It was just absolutely packed. And most of the German team were in the Munich side, you mm -hmm. know. It was like Rangers against West Germany, because it was West Germany then too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, they had Gerd Müller, who was one of the best strikers in the world. Yes, he was, yeah. Franz Beckenbauer was their big defender. You know, they had amazing players. And um, we Rangers team, you know, mm -hmm. full of just 11 spots, you know, get stuck in and 
beating them 2 0. I'll never forget that. That was huge. I can imagine. I mean, whenever Rangers um, or any Scottish team, for that matter, score a significant goal, there's a there's a level of what youngsters these days would call limbs that's just on a different level to to almost anything else that the country's really got to offer. Um, I, I I can't really imagine sort of the crowd surge at the front, you know because obviously you would have been at the front then presumably. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I was on my dad's shoulders actually. Okay. At that game, yeah. So did was it one of those games where you ended up fifty feet from where you'd actually started out? Would you start celebrating the goal? Yeah, there was different people next days mm. after the goal. It was all different folk. Yeah, it just went crazy. It was mm. mad after both goals. <laughs> Imagine. I was a bit scared because it was hard for my dad to keep me on. You know. Yeah. Because he was jumping up and doing and I was on his <laughs> shoulders, I remember that. But he would have to take me down for rests every now and again. Yeah, yeah. But he was a plasterer, he was really fit, you know, and I was I was always a wee skinny guy. I was always, I was never heavy when mm. I was that age. I'd have been about 11 then. So, um, yeah, it's, I spent most of that game on my dad's shoulders. Mm. Quite the memory, um, yeah. the European semi, and actually do it. You know, um, in front of your own fans. That was amazing. So, what about your um, your favourite season then? Last but not least. Um, probably when we got one nine in a row, the ninth one. That ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. That was a what? That was a, a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great having Gaza there and mm -hmm. stuff. You know, that that was that was a good one. It's funny how how teams, Rangers and Celtic, have tried to get that tent, that elusive tent, and they've never been able to manage it, have they? Not yet, but I don't think I'll be around if they do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, well, we've been sat here now, I think, for about an hour and a half, mm -hmm. chatting away, chatting football. I um, enjoyed it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, a couple of little things before uh, before I go. Um, Social media, you can follow Terrace Memoirs at Terrace Memoirs on, on Twitter. Email address is um, terracememoirs at gmail.com. If you've got any comments um, or uh, requests, you want to come on the show, you know anybody else that wants to come on the show, etc., etc. Um, that's the email address. Um, all that really um, serves me now to say is, uh, yeah, Bobby, it's been a, been a pleasure, a pleasurable half, uh, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, you say you've enjoyed it. That's really good to hear. Um, the very, um, very uh, um, easy one to ease myself back into it. It's been a few months, so I'm a bit out of practice hosting. But um, uh, yeah, you've been more than welcome on the show. Um, thank you, and uh, thank you very much indeed. Talking, talking Rangers. Um, very welcome. No problem at all. So this is um, yeah, Terrace Memoirs. Over and out. <laughs>